Well, it's good to see all of you with us this evening. And tonight I want to talk about a major topic that I'm sure that we all face in our lives. It's common to almost everyone everywhere. And the topic that I want to share about tonight that the Lord has laid on my heart is fear. I want to talk about fear this evening. So if you've got a Bible, can you turn to Isaiah chapter 41? And we're going to read from verse 8 to 16. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 to 16. And we're talking about fear this evening. Something that we all have gone through or that we all face in our lifetime. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 to 16. And it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp and with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce hills to chafe. You will winnow them and the wind will pick them up and a gale will blow them away. But you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Now at the start of this, this year, in the start of in January of this year, Chloe and I decided that we wouldn't go on holidays this summer because of the wedding. It was going to be a great wedding. We were looking forward to that wedding. But we decided that we would just go on honeymoon instead of going away in the, in the summer holidays. So we went on a honeymoon. But unfortunately, as we went away, it rained all honeymoon. It was freezing cold. We went to Portugal, to the Algarve. We thought the weather would be lovely. We thought we would be on the beach. We thought we were going to have a great time by the pool. But nothing happened of the sort. We were freezing cold. We were in our raincoats. We had jumpers on. We were even turning the heating on in our room. It was, it was absolutely soaking wet. We had a great time, but it was freezing cold. And so when we came back from our honeymoon, we thought, we still need a nice holiday. We want a warm holiday this summer. We want to get away, even if it's just for a break. So maybe we'll have a look and try and find a cheap deal somewhere online. We'll have a look if we can get away. And uh, we told my parents about this as well. And, and Chloe, you've got to understand about Chloe. Chloe loves Disney. She's absolutely obsessed with Disney. Last year was the first time that she went away to Disney. We went to Florida with, our par- with my parents. And Chloe just fell in love with Disney. And I've always loved going to Disney as well. And we were kind of talking about going to Disney this summer. And my father jumped on the bandwagon and he started searching as well. I only have to tell my father one thing and then he sent me about 50 emails about this, about anything. He's always emailing me, he's always texting me. And uh, it was the same with this holiday. And all of a sudden he found this deal for us to go away on a coach to Disneyland Paris. It was a great deal, good offer. Uh, it was a four-day trip. We'd spent two days traveling on the bus. 
But you know what? We still had a great time. It was fantastic. We were looking forward to go on holiday. But one thing you've got to realize, there's a difference between me and Chloe. Me and Chloe have a lot in common, but there are some differences between us. Some of the differences are, and the main difference between us is, Chloe's a bit of an adrenaline junkie. She loves going off fast roller coasters. She loves the thrill. Whereas I'm a bit more reserved. I like to just sit back. I don't like roller coasters that much. For Chloe, the bigger, the better. And you can ask Rob about that a little bit later on when we went to Washington. They went on the biggest roller coaster I think I've ever seen. And I, I wussed out to that one. I, I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. But she was telling me before we went on holiday, she would pull me to the side and said, you better go on all the roller coasters. You better go on all the rides. Otherwise, you will ruin my holiday. What a threat, isn't it? For my wife, she's a Christian as well. I, had to, I, I felt like rebuking her at that time. I was like, Satan, get behind me. But no, <laughs> I was like, I will not go on all those rides. But she said, you will ruin my holiday. So I thought, right, I better be the man in this situation. I'll keep this. I was like, yes, yes, no problem, Chloe. I, I'm up for it this time. I'm a changed man. I'm mature. I'll come on these roller coasters with you. Now, for the next few weeks, I was talking myself into going on these rides. I was like, yeah, I can do it. Come on. They're not that big. They're not that fast. It's fine. I'll go on the rides there, and it'll be over before I know it. I was there watching videos on YouTube, checking out the quickest roller coaster, seeing how many loops they had, how many drops they had. I was getting mentally ready for this. However, deep down, I was terrified. I was petrified, petrified and I know it's sad. Well, anyway, we ended up going to Disney the day had come, we were in the park, ready, we were enjoying ourselves, and Chloe was fully convinced that I was going to go on Space Mountain, the biggest roller coaster in Disneyland Paris. Now, I went on Space Mountain in Florida. It's not so bad in Florida. There's no loops or there's no drops on this ride. It's quite a slow ride in Florida. It was a great ride. I went on it in Florida, but I thought, this is the one that I really do not want to go on. But Chloe thought I was ready, so we came to the front of this ride. And all I could see in front of me, it was a mountain. It was covered in the sun. It was so big, this ride. I was absolutely petrified. To make it even worse, I could hear the screams of fear on the, of the people who were just shooting off at about 100 mile an hour up this big catapult thing. I was terrified of this ride. Chloe was there. She had her Mickey Mouse. She was oh, come on, let's go. The queue is short. We'll get in. We'll go quickly on this ride. But I was there biting my nails. No, I don't, don't think I'm going to end up going on this. She looked at me. I looked at her, she knew, that was it. I was gonna back out. I said, Chloe, give me your purse. I'll go and sit on the bench there. I'll wait with the other mothers, with the toddlers and the babies. You go on the ride and enjoy. She was like, fine, I don't care, I'm going on this ride. And she went on this ride. She came back, the wind was all uh, blown her hair everywhere, the, her ears were all over the place. She absolutely loved it. She was bouncing, she was ready to go. And I was just there, sitting with her purse outside Space Mountain, looking like a complete and utter wimp. And the whole reason for that was because of fear. I was afraid to go on this ride. I tried to psych myself up, I tried to, to get myself to go on this ride, but I was afraid. And fear stopped me from going on the ride. Fear caused me to miss out on all the fun, on the excitement. Nothing was going to happen. You know, I, 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 I thought the worst. I thought I was going to die or I'd come out of the seat so I don't want to go on this thing. But fear kept me back. It held me back. And as a result, I was just there freezing cold, sitting there about 9 o'clock in the night in Disneyland Paris with my wife's purse as she was enjoying herself. Fear held me back. I wonder tonight, have you ever had moments like that in your life where fear, of hell, fear has held you back from something? I'm sure tonight, we're all afraid of something, aren't we? 
There's something that we're all afraid of, whether it's spiders, whether it's heights, whether it's fear of the unknown, whether I'm not sure, but I'm sure we're all afraid of something. You know, back in the times of the Bible, it was no different. People were afraid of different things. People were afraid of different situations. You know, in the Old Testament here, in this story in Isaiah, we see that God's people, they'd strayed away from God. They decided they would, they would go their own way. They turned their back from God and disobeyed his commands. And so in the Old Testament, we'd see that time and time again, as the people would turn away from God, God would send these prophets to tell them, no, look, God's saying to turn back to me, otherwise judgment will come. Something bad will happen. And they'd warn them about their spiritual condition. But you know, as a result of that, even though many times people would wander away and turn their backs on God, we see that our God is a God of mercy. And no matter how many times they turn their back, the people of God would turn their back on him. And when the people would come back with repentance, God would accept them with open arms because we serve a God who is merciful. We serve a God who loves us, who will never leave us nor forsake us. So God would send these prophets. Now in the latter part of Isaiah, this book of Isaiah that we've just read, and in this passage in Isaiah 42, we read words of comfort. These are incredibly encouraging words, aren't we, that we read. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. You can look for your enemy, but you're not going to find them because I'm going to be for you, says the Lord. All these great, encouraging, comforting words. And these words were probably referring to how the Lord, in his faithfulness, would one day call his people back. Even though they had turned away from him, even though they had rejected him at this moment in time, God was one day going to restore them. Even though now they were separated from him and they might face judgment because of it, one day they will, God will bring them back in his mercy and in his grace. He will restore them. After years of captivity, he would restore them. So here we have in Isaiah 42, we have God through Isaiah telling the people, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, saying in essence, I'm going to help you. Even though you've disobeyed me, even though you've backslidden, I'm going to help you. Don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, I am going to help you. I'm never going to let you go because I love you so much and maybe this evening someone's here tonight and maybe you've come here and you feel you know in your heart you've just wandered away from God you feel like you're totally a million miles away from God this evening but you know tonight I want to encourage you and I believe the Lord would encourage you that he still loves you he's still there ready with open arms he's there reaching out for you he's a God of mercy and of grace and you can come running back to him tonight you can know that relationship and that restored relationship again but here we see Isaiah, he was telling the people, do not be afraid. A few times in this passage, he was saying, do not be afraid. But why were the people afraid and discouraged in the first place? Why, what were they afraid of? Well, first of all, the reason they were afraid, the reason they were so filled with fear was because the situation that they were facing was so dire. If you read around this story and you read the background of this story, you see that they are surrounded, the people of God, are actually surrounded by hostile armies. They're surrounded by an enemy at this time. And they were afraid because they had turned their backs on God. And now they were all alone. They were afraid because they thought that that was the end of it. Now the northern kingdom of Israel, they'd been attacked by these, this group of people called the Assyrians. And now the southern kingdom of Judah, it was being taken into captivity by Babylon. So all these enemies were coming from the north, coming from the south. They were surrounded by hostile enemies at this time. And even though Jerusalem was this well-defended big city, even though it was well-defended, they knew that they didn't have what it took to defeat the enemy. 
They knew that they didn't have the manpower. They didn't have the strength to defeat the enemy coming from all sides and every single angle. They didn't have what it took to defeat the enemy. And the dread and the discouragement that they had and that they felt was natural, it was their natural reactions to what they were facing. But even in the middle of that, even though they were surrounded by the enemy, even though they knew they couldn't defeat the enemy, even though they turned their back on God, God was still telling them and speaking to them and saying, do not be afraid. I'm going to help you. I'm there for you. Even though you look for your enemies, I'm going to defeat them. I am there for you. Do not be afraid. He He was telling them, I'm going to uphold you with my right hand. I'm going to help you. Even though you've turned your back on me, I'm still there. I'm still going to help you. Because as we've heard this evening, our God is a faithful God. That is his character. It's not just an, that is who he is. He is a faithful God. And he was telling them, I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to protect you. After all, he was and he is almighty God. No one can stand against him. He reigns and rules above all. No matter what the enemy may throw against him, he reigns and rules above all. He has defeated Satan. He reigns and rules above all. He has all power and he is able to defeat the worst of enemies. Our God is on the throne tonight. And he's a God who is longing to bring a restoration to his people, even though they've disobeyed him. And you know, whatever tonight you might be facing, whatever you're facing, even this week, even if you are afraid, you know, tonight... I want to encourage you that we serve a God who is able to help you. He's able to strengthen you. He's able to help you fight the enemy. But you know, when we're afraid, we're actually not in God's will. When we are filled with fear because of situations or because of circumstances, we're actually not in God's will. Because God tells us that he has not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity. We don't have a a spirit of fear tonight. We are not, we don't have that as believers tonight. You know, the moment that you and I begin to get apprehensive about something or worried that something might happen to us or something might happen to our families, something might happen financially, something might happen. When we begin to get apprehensive about our situation, whatever it might be, we've lost connection with God because God hasn't filled us with the spirit of fear. When we know who we are, when we know who is on our side, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be worried no matter what might come against us. No matter what Satan might throw against us. No matter what hell might throw against us. We do not have to be afraid because God is on our side. God is fighting for us. God has the victory that we are on Victor's side. But when we are, when we do get worried and we get apprehensive, we lost connection with God. I found that out in my life. When I begin to worry about situations, it's because I started to take these situations into my own hands. I started to do things in my own strength. You know, when we're discouraged, we begin to lose hold of God's promises for our lives. You know, we forget God's promises when we're discouraged, don't we? We fix so much on the situation and the negativity and what we're facing that we forget God's promises. That God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That God said that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We forget the promises of God. We forget the promises when we're discouraged. You know, the truth is tonight, that we cannot walk by faith and live victoriously for God if we're filled with fear, if we're discouraged and we're panic-stricken. You know, I'm going to be honest, and even recently I've been filled, it was just with silly situations, little situations, I've noticed myself just getting afraid and getting worried and getting worked up. And the Lord, even recently, just reminded me, 
I'm for you. I'm holding your life. You don't have to be afraid or discouraged. I'm the one who's guiding you. I'm the one who's holding you. You don't have to be afraid about this. No matter how small it is or how big it is, I'm holding you. I'm directing your life. I'm guiding you. I've got the plan for your life. You know, and when we're not walking by faith, then we're walking and we can, we can walk with fear. Tonight, it's either fear or it's faith. Are we going to be a people who walk in fear? Fear of what people might say because we believe in Jesus. Fear of what society might bring. You know, even as I've said, even recently I've been afraid. What if this church doesn't grow? What if we keep praying and nothing ever happens? But you know, the Lord's building this church. We're called to be a people of faith that I'm going to trust in God's promises. No matter what comes against us, we are believing that what God's going to do in this place is going to be bigger than anything that I've ever imagined or conceived because we serve a faithful God and a God who's faithful to his word and to his promises. But tonight there's a choice. Are you going to live by fear or by faith? Are you going to hold the handbag outside the ride or are you going to get on that roller coaster and live and find joy and find freedom? It's either fear or it's faith. You know, if you read the New Testament and you read the Gospels and the stories of Jesus time and time again, what does Jesus say to his disciples? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Time and time again, he says it to his disciples. And especially after he rose again from the dead, he said, do not fear. In the Old Testament, he gave the same message to Joshua. After Moses had died, he gave the same message. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I am with you. Joshua didn't have to be afraid of, the, of, the, of Jericho, of the enemy in the promised land, because he knew that God would be with him. And that's the same promise for you and for me today. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be discouraged. I am your God. You know, we can all get caught up in a web of anxiety. But you know, when we notice that, when we begin to get worried and afraid, you know, we've got to come back to the Lord. We've got to come back to his promises. We've got to get in the word and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Again, start praying over the promises of God. Start reminding you of the things that God has spoken in your life. Start declaring and start calling upon the Lord because he's a God who has promised to help us. You know, and I want to encourage you tonight, even if your situation stays the same, you're afraid right now of your situation, but even if it stays the same and you've prayed and nothing seems to change and you see nothing happening in the natural, tonight we can still have confidence and say, God told me not to be afraid. Even though the situation is not changing around me, I do not have to be afraid, for God is on my side. God is fighting for me. God is with me. He will not abandon me. God's word is enough for me. You know, that's why there are, in the Bible, 366 times, there are 366 times in the Bible that God says, do not be afraid. One for every, every day of the year. Is that promise? Do not be afraid today. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. I'll never leave you, nor forsake us. Scripture tells us that, we, uh, that the just, we live by faith. And faith means that we overcome fear. We don't have to be bound by fear, that we can overcome fear. We can overcome discouragement when we begin to look to the Lord. When we look to him for encouragement. So the people, they were afraid because of the situation around them, because of the enemy. And finally, the other reason why they were afraid tonight. It says in verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 41. Do not be afraid, you womb, Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Why does God say, you womb, you little one, Israel? What an insult, isn't it? But why is God calling them this? Well, the reason is because they knew they were mess-ups. 
This is what they thought they were. They thought they were nothings. They thought they didn't deserve God's love. And they were finding it difficult to believe God's promises for themselves. They thought they couldn't earn God's promise. They couldn't earn God's help in this situation. But that's why God said to them, Oh, you, as it says there in verse 14, Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you. You can't help yourself in this situation, Israel. Yes, you've messed up. You've got nothing in and of yourself for me to help you. There's no reason why I should help you, but because of my love, I will help you, says the Lord. And that's what God was saying to them. Even though they were mess ups, even though they had failed God, even though they turned their backs on God, God was still going to help them. God was still going to be there for them. You know, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to accept God's help when we know we have failed. It's one of the hardest things to do. I've experienced it in my life. When I failed God, one of the hardest things to accept that even though I've messed up, God still wants to help me. And that's the God that we serve. He's a God who's full of grace, full of love, full of mercy. No matter how far you've gone, God is still there. You know, I love the story of the prodigal son. That just keeps filling me with encouragement. Every time I mess up, I think, yeah, he returned home and the father was there with open arms. You know, that doesn't mean I keep on doing that bad thing and, you know, I never get out of that. No, but we serve a God, even when we mess up, he's there with loving arms, ready to accept us, to help us, to change us, to transform us. You know, when we look inwardly and realize how unworthy that we are, you know, we can still look to him and see that he is worthy, that he is faithful, he is a faithful God, and that we can trust in him. You know, we live in a society which rewards you because of your behavior. If you do good, then I will reward you. If you don't do good, you're going to get punished for it. I work in a school. I know that trick. I use that trick in school with the children. If you behave, now I'll give you a sticker. And great. If you don't behave, you're going to miss five minutes of your playtime and all these different things. We live in a reward-based society. When we're rewarded, when we do well, and we're punished when we mess up. But thank God, that's not the way with our God. That's not the way that he works because he knows how weak we are. The Bible says when I'm weak, that is when I'm strong because we serve a God who is ready to help us even though we've messed up. Our God doesn't want us to try and get better or to try and earn his love or his help. But our God, lo- uh, God, our God loves to help us and is there to rescue us whenever we fail up and whenever we mess up. Hebrews 13 and verse 6 says, as we come towards a conclusion, Hebrews 13 verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do for me? The Lord is our helper tonight. No matter what comes against you, the Lord is our helper. God loves to help us. I want you to know that tonight. God loves to help you. He's longing to help you. That situation that you're going through, that difficulty, he's longing to help you. He's longing to get you out of that situation. You know what I love about this as well? In Isaiah 41, he's saying, do not be afraid, I'm going to help you. But this was even before Jesus had died. This was in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and died for us to forgive us of our sins, before we could receive his grace and before we could receive his mercy. Even then, God was merciful. Even then, God was gracious. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How much more will he say now? Who, through to us, will be washed by his precious blood. I'm going to help you. I'm going to rescue you. Don't be afraid. I'm there for you. I'm going to rescue you. You don't have to do it in your own power. But I've got the power of the Holy Spirit to help you in every situation. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you all that you need. As you look to me, as you trust in me. So tonight, as we, as we do come to a conclusion, 
I believe there's three things that the Lord wants to remind us of. If you are filled with fear tonight, there's three things that the Lord wants to remind you of. First of all, he is able. He is able, no matter what you are facing tonight, he is able to deal with your situation, regardless of how big it is or even how small it is. He is able to deal with that situation this evening because our God is bigger, he's more powerful, nothing is impossible for him. The second thing I believe that the Lord wants to remind us of tonight, if you are filled with fear, first of all, he is able. Secondly, he is present. He hasn't left you in your situation. I love the, the story when the storm came and the disciples were in the boat, but Jesus was still in the boat. Even though they were afraid and terrified of the waves, Jesus was still with them. He hadn't left them, he hadn't abandoned them. And we thank God, we serve a God who never leaves us, nor forsakes us. He is always present to help you today. And the final thing is that he is a good God. He is a good God. The one who loved you enough to go to the cross for you desires ultimate good for you in all things. God wants you to succeed in all things more than you do. God is a good God. He wants to see you, you be blessed. He wants to see you know him and love him. He wants to see you free tonight. He doesn't want to see you bound and struggling and going through the motion. He wants you to know his love and his freedom and the plan and the purpose he has for your life. He is a good and faithful God. So tonight, if you have come here and you're filled with fear, believe the Lord would say to you tonight, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He is with you and he will help you in every situation. Remember that in your situation. He is able, he is present, and he is good. Shall we pray? Amen.